when we speak about crisis and we speak about times we need to understand that what we call as our times is only a very partial section of the flow of time and somehow i like to see our times as the time of sharbindu just as long back during the time of mahabharata i love to see that time as the time of shri krishna that's how we define dwapar yug shri krishna treta yug shri ram kalyug transiting towards satyug shri arbindo this is not just a sentiment though it may seem like that but when we look deep below the surface we see it as evident as the light of the day there is a beautiful verse in the gita and i start from there what really is crisis whether it be in our own life or in the life of society or the life of the nations beautifully it describes crisis with one single beautiful word dharmasya glani of course dharmasya glani is not about religious crisis <laughs> because in india that um, during the time of shri krishna fortunately <laughs> there was only <laughs> sanatan dharma in various aspects but all the same yada yada hi dharmasya glani bhavati bharata this is the moment of crisis every age faces this crisis so what happens during that crisis we look at it as a crisis of surface events political social religious moral ethical what is meant by that is that all our ways of living at that point of time begin to fail that's the moment of crisis yada yada hi dharmasya glani bhavati bharata then what happens that's the beautiful part abhyuthanam adharmasya tadatman sujamiham while the wise men talk and sleep while the tv anchors debate there is something happening incognito as there is a line in savitri and in incognito of the imperishable of course this refers to the psychic being but here we see during the time of crisis when taxation is fixed for all the people in braj and mathura 80% must go to kans and they have accepted that situation some people discuss what will happen what will happen you can't change the government of kans there is no democracy then so one day all the gwalbal they are sitting and durvasarisi comes to give a talk so little krishna is also there in the audience he has already come from the jail of kans and all the people who are present they are keen to ask durvasha how this is going to end terrible state kans is there jarasand is there sishupal they are going to form a nexus just like nowadays we speak about certain nations forming a nexus so that time certain rajya jarasands magad sishupal chedi des kans mathura 
Rukmi, they are all going to unite together in a very unholy aliens. They are already together. And what can be called as goodness, righteousness, honesty, they are all taking a back seat. And Durvasa looks into the eyes of Rishi Durvasa. He is quick to anger. He looks into the eye of Sri Krishna and says, Shall I reveal your secret? So Sri Krishna says, You may do whatever you feel like. You may say what you feel like. They will understand what I want them to understand. Nevertheless, all of them ask, Sir, so much crisis is going on these days. And every day when we look at the TV, oh my God, situation is going from bad to worse. Is there a way out? So Durvasarishi smiles and he says, you know what, I can make a prophecy. When a little baby will lift a mountain on his little finger, that time rain of Kans will end and a new age will begin. Now after he goes away, all the little baby cow herds men, they sit together and say, what did he say? Do you understand what he said? I don't know, he made a very strange remark. How can anybody lift a mountain on that little finger? Are he wanted to say it will never happen. Because an impossible thing, it can never happen. The materialists, God will come, rescue the nation and no way. Impossible, where is God? What is there? Who has seen him? Impossible, denial, complete denial. Just not possible. This world is governed by blind laws of nature. If at all there is God, it is nature. Whoever gets all the secrets of nature, whether he be Ravana or Kansa, or America and China, they are the one who will govern the rest of the century. So they decide, ki, let's you know, forget about all this uh, bunkum prophecy and all this. The second group says, you know what, on earth it is impossible. But in heaven, I am told, Impossible things happen. Children lift the... Okay, they can do these things. So what he was trying to say is, on earth, things will continue the way they are. Crisis will come and go, come and go. But when you die in heaven, you will have a post-mortem salvation. There if Kans comes, he will get a beating. He will not be allowed an entry into heaven. And we, the good people, will get a nice entry ticket. Then others said, who has seen heaven? Anyways, we will try. And there is a third group, future devotees of Shirobindo. One of the child says, Mama, I don't want to go to school. I want to do everyday exercise. You give me some milk and makhan. Why? What's gone wrong with you? Did you not hear Dhruvasarishi? The child will lift. Maybe I am that child. <laughs> I will lift the mountain. They are realists, but of a different kind. Everything is possible, they're, they're that kind of people. So, during that time there was a crisis, which looked like a crisis of events and circumstances, but deep inside it was a crisis of the fixed ways of life, where even the high stature of Bhishma, the goodness of Yudhishthir, the beautiful idealistic emotion of Arjun, the meditative Sahdev drone who was supposed to be at least, you know, somebody whom people listen to. 
none of them could resolve a simple issue. What was the issue? When Draupadi is being dragged into the court. I mean, it's so simple. We laugh at it. What nonsense? What were these idiots doing? <laughs> Game of dice, so what? But they couldn't resolve. It was such a height of depravity. And then we see events follow. Initially looks very bad. They lose the game of dice, all this. But at the end, when the entire war is over, nobody knows who survived, didn't survive, was, did it happen, did it not happen, all these people doubt. But the Gita has been given to man. A new age has started. Because of the great war, India continued to remain a land of dharma alive and progressing for another 3000, 3500 years guarded by mighty kings because Sri Krishna's divine diplomacy had ensured that Chidi Narish Shishupal, Jarasand, Rukmi, Kans, Duryodhan, they were all neutralized and eventually Yudhishthir sat on the throne and great kings followed, whose names are legion. We know if you read history, such might we unfortunately are not taught in average. True, it's so true. It's it may sound like a cliche, but everybody knows uh, reign of Akbar and Bir- Babar. And Akbar is of course Birbal is known as. But you ask who was Vikramaditya? Ah, there was. We used to read stories. Vikram Vital. That is the only introduction to Vikramadit. Lalita Ditya beyond our imagination. So, over a period of time, this nation was safeguarded, continued because of the Pratap and Tej of Sri Krishna, which kings after kings, men after men embodied it. The avatar seems to withdraw, but does he withdraw? He enters into the heart of the creatures at that point of time. So, many thousand years roll by and we see a similar situation or much worse. Sisupal and Kans changed their names. The Korvas changed their names and bodies. But nevertheless they governed and there were those who said, you know, after all British people are superior. Why? Because superiority is about success. They are successful. And look at the color of their skin. My God, do you ever find in India? They must be superior, white skin. We say no, Gaurang, Gauri. They must be superior. And India lay low, the only land which could awaken. What more Dharma Siglani can there be? That the lion of India was sleeping, feeling I am weak, no good, helpless, useless. It may sound, uh, you know, it is so true. When Shurabindo came back, people often say he plunged into the freedom movement, 1905. Well, not quite. The moment he came, before that he had started Lotus and Dagger Society. But when he came, he started writing articles for the Hindu Prakash. But when he started writing, everybody said, Sir, please tone down. You are too fiery. Britishers will punish us. What are you asking? Don't be so truthful, so honest. We just want little bit freedom of governance. That's all we want. You have our representation in the parliament. And Shurabindu says nothing doing. Swaraj, Poon Swaraj, Swadesh. 
These were the four things he spoke about. Swaraj, Swadesh, passive boycott, passive resistance, boycott and national education. These were the things. That time we cannot imagine. Now we accept these things as even then we are still, national education is still to be seen. But still, I mean it has started recently. What a crisis. On the other side, so we have to understand the nature of the crisis. All the materialist philosophies have had come and declared, even I as a child, oh, God needs to make just hydrogen. The rest is all explaining. You can explain it. Man split even the hydrogen. He didn't leave that also. Rest you can understand. You don't need God to understand or explain this world. So the materialistic science had declared that it knows the theory of everything. If I may say semi-humorously, except who man is. <laughs> that I don't know. They said, no, no, we can't know all this. This is all philosophy. But not realizing that unless you know yourself, the rest is meaningless. As Shobindo so beautifully described this whole scenario of crisis. In one of his poems, A Vision of Science. In 1900, he writes about the future. And he speaks about, you know, electrical cars. He speaks about driven by sun. All this he speaks about. He says that religion vanishes before science. Science is a new goddess. And he drives away religion. And while religion is going, a third goddess is waiting. Science is driving away religion. Someone else whose time is going to come is waiting. And religion, while it is passing away, says to science, What does religion, the goddess of religion, say to science? Thou thinkest term and end for thee are not. But though thy pride is great, thou hast forgot. The Sphinx that waits for thee beside the way. See, Sphinx is future. Sphinx is past. Sphinx is death. Sphinx is new life. Sphinx is mystery. Sphinx is wisdom. It's what a wonderful, I mean, creature. Non-existent reality and yet that opens the doors to a greater reality. Otherwise it kills you. Because it asks only one question, who are you? The Sphinx that waits for thee beside the way. All questions thou mayest answer. But one day her question shall await thee, that reply for they who cannot die. She slays them and their mangled bodies lie upon the highways of eternity. Therefore, if thou wouldst live, first answer this one thing. Who art thou in this dungeon laboring? Science said, ah, what I am I know. A gene, a plasma, a gas. Some molecules. <laughs> what a marvel. <laughs> so, that was the time. On other side, in every field, in the field of psychology, man is an animal. Those Swami Vivekananda had thundered in Chicago. I am so proud to come from a religion which declares that man in his intrinsic nature is divine. But psychology had discovered my God, man is an animal. And so we were reading in our books, man is a social animal. I don't know, we still read it or not. Man is a social animal. Instead of four feet, he has two feet. 
This was proudly declared. We have found the secret. Imperialism was unquestionable. Indians and dogs are not allowed. We have a right to rule. We are the Aryan race. We are the superior race. You two are invaders. Arya, Dravidian, divide. What not? I mean it's... If I start narrating what was the situation of everything. Women, oh my God. Their place is inside the house. Their job is to cook a meal for man who is the God, Pati Devata. Man's right was to tell her, Namak kam hai ki jada hai. Salt is less or more. All this he must have seen. A very short little poem of Sri Aurobindo, which I look at it as autobiographical, shortest autobiographical. Over the hilltops of silence he came, armed with the flame and looked upon the world that his greatness and passion must free. It was not just India in slavery, man was in slavery. Look at it, this world war, how did it start? Because one fellow from one nation went and killed another person in another country. That's how it started. If you look at the causes, it's so amazing. I mean, root cause, ultimately. It literally like a Mahalla fight grew up into <laughs> world war. This was the state of humanity. Where was the law? Where was the guidance? Yes, some people read the Gita, some people read the Ramayana. Quietly people went to temples, already much of it gone. And otherwise India lying low in tamas, supplicating prayer and supplication to the British who are the new rulers. Even there were many Indians who believed. Even Shubhinda says his own father sent him there. Why? Because after all they are superior. You must go and study there. That was the state. Can there be more glani? It is much worse than during the time of Shri Krishna. Because what was at stake was the entire world scenario. It was not just now a crisis of kingdoms, but a crisis of nations. Shri Krishna's work was to establish the nation, uniting the Rajyas. That's why Shri Krishna uh, once again revived the dream of Akhand Bharat. Otherwise they were kingdoms. Originally it was Akhand Bharat. Always this was the vision. If you look at Ramayana and others, but that's a different subject. But he once again revived the dream through the Ashamedh Yag, Rajasu Yag, Yudhishthir and all that. But in Sri time, it was not just the nation unit. That was already done. That had to be preserved. That was important. But world unity. During Sri Krishna's time, there is no such, where is America, where is what, savages, who cares about savages? But the savages acquired weapons, savages grew. Instead of stones, they acquired bombs. Times changed. There was no need to reconcile spirituality with material life. This much everybody understood. But there was a need to reconcile different paths and doctrines, which Sri Krishna did beautifully, amazingly. Sankhya, Yoga, Jnana, Bhakti, Trimarg, he did with perfection. But now so much water had flown through the bridges of time. So much water, so much had happened. 
And then we see in the midst of all this crisis, suddenly it seemed like a political crisis. Imperialism was acceptable. Communism of a kind where man is an animal. What was the value? It was teaching. Revolution flows with the barrel of a gun. If you don't have roti kapada makan, you have the right to kill and snatch. Wonderful. Materialistic science, forget all this. Man is nothing but matter, jartatva. Soul, it's a dream, imagination. Some people whose thyroid is not working properly, they talk about soul. They've gone crazy. Isn't it? If you look back, even now this tendency is there, unfortunately, because... Uh, while Duryodhana is gone, his little, little chinna, chinna, all, the, all of them are uh, still present. But then, this third angel, the spiritual, that is waiting, which begins to emerge. What Shirobindu does? During that crisis, seemed like a political, first he awakens the core, the heart of the world which India is, the soul of the world which India is. This is not, uh, not an exaggeration. Look around anywhere. The Western philosophy, the, the um, Islamic uh, thought, the Chinese way of life and the Sanatan Dharma, which is the one which, if there are four options, one will choose for the good of the world. I don't need to explain anything more. So, during this time, he brought out. So, first thing he said, what is important is, First, discover yourself, who we are. We'll talk about the crisis later. What was his solution? Swaraj. Be your own master. Inner Swaraj. Regain this kingdom. It's not a fight outside with, you know, this enemy, that enemy. Reclaim the inner Swaraj. How do we reclaim the inner Swaraj? By discovering the true Swa. Which is not the intellectual thought, not the emotional heart, not the vital... Uh, egoistic individuality but something still deeper man had forgotten he had the gods were there and we had to worship yoga was there but it was some sects some mountains some retreats it was not like in the heydays of India when yogis fought wars on the chariot the yogis all of them but yoga had taken a back seat and generally the idea of yoga was Bhaj Govindam, beautiful words by the way. Bhaj Govindam, Bhaj Govindam mood mate. Punarapi janamam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janani, jathare shainam. What is this life? Veil of sorrows, tears, illusion, maya. Miss maya, spoil the game. But Mr. Brahman will give a door of exit and you will have moksha. This was the ultimate Spiritual flight was to look for a door of moksha to get a ticket for a post-mortem salvation. This life, your karma. Very sad. Sorry, sir. If anybody asks why I am suffering, your karma. Why the British are ruling us? Our karma. Everything was passed on to this dubious doctrine of karma. Nobody understood. <laughs> and God was busy as a judge. In a supercomputer, he was noting down, jotting down, Papa and Punya, and automatically saying, Hell, heaven, this type of hell, that type of heaven. 
How childish this land of Aryavarth, where once mighty ones lived and dwelt and moved around the land of sages and seers had fallen so low. Superstition, give, I'll give this much money, God will be pleased, he will fulfill my son's wishes. And I don't know, now the rates must have gone up, but when I was a child, Panch Rupiya Barana, not that song, but Panch Rupiya Barana, Prashat Chadado, <laughs> and God will grant you the wish. This was the height of our connect with the Divine. This is the crisis. Political, religious, bankrupt. Religion had lost its height and depth and width. The depth. What is religion? It's an emotional fervor to seek truth and God. Just like what is science? It's a real passion to discover truth by its own means. There is no antagonist between the two. If we are a seeker. But if we are fixed people, then there is a problem. What was religion? It sought the divine through the heart. There is the divine. Occult knowledge had gone, scattered. Wisdom was shut into books which nobody understood and yet everybody read. Why? Because again, if I do so many parayan, I will get a birth there. Jai Hanuman, Gyan Gun Sagar, Jai Kapishiti, Logu Jagar. Beta, Dudwala ko dekh lena. Paisa de dena. This was our connection. Hanumanji kab yadate de? Bhut pishach nikat nahi aave, mahavir jab naam suna That time suddenly Hanumanji will come alive. Because of fear. And suddenly we see religious moral crisis. Moral crisis just go back 50 years back. Sometimes I have asked this question. People say, Aajkal ka bacha, these days children, don't listen to parents. To what extent you want them to listen? Supposing parents say, Burn your wife. Extort her father to give money. Should they listen? Now there is a problem. That was the age. You should listen. Papa, mama cannot be wrong. And for the wife, husband cannot be wrong. This is called moral crisis. We have forgotten what is true, right, beautiful, everything. And we are living according to a standard format. Daksha Prajapati. You know, every time Daksha Prajapati does that, Shiva comes and spoils the yagna. There are fixed rules in which people have accepted. A woman had accepted. She cannot study. She is not supposed to read. Her stepping out of the house is blasphemy. Of course, we were nice. We, we didn't take that step of covering her from head to toe in black. At least we gave her a decent <laughs> respect enough. Ma hai, behen hai. This, because we are Indians after all. But still, her place was in the house. We forgot Durga, we forgot even feminine characters, we forgot Sita, the empowered woman. When a husband abandons her, Sita says, nothing doing, no problem, I'll bring up my children myself. I don't need, I don't need Ram, I can do it myself. What an empowered woman. We forgot Savitri, we forgot Draupadi. Just like for Helen they say, the face that launched a thousand ships into the Aegean Sea, who was Draupadi? The woman who slayed became the cause for slaying. A million heads of Raktabij were taken in human form. 
This is Draupadi, born of fire. Savitri, oh, conquering death is Savitri is only. We do Vrat for three days, that's it. All this was forgotten. Shubindu reminds us. One of the works that he did was Abhyutthanama Dharmasya, like Varaha picking up the earth from the subconscious watery terrains, establishing life. So the first thing he did was reminded us of our own glory. We are children of Arya Bhumi, not Aryan Dravidian the way the British has defined us. Who is an Aryan? The psychological type, the spiritual type. He is an Aryan, he is a warrior who battles inside endlessly, who never gives up, who is noble in temperament, the Sreshd, Aristos, who is not a bourgeois, weak-legged bourgeois, life same, when I am 25, I will get a good job. Then I will get well married. I will have one or two children who will study in Harvard. My life is set. What kind of an ideal? <laughs> you can't even call it an ideal. Just seeking some comfort. Being settled is the worst kind of thing that ever happens in human beings' lives. Now he is settled. He has got a very nice five-figure salary. You are still the same human being. So he reminded us, he gave us the ideal of samurai. First thing we have to become is the Aryan, the high noble human type which is close to the godlike humanity that was envisaged by the sages and seers of yore. We have to once again reclaim the tyag of the dichi, the tapasya of Bhagirath who could bring down the streams of heaven upon earth. Many such things. Renunciation of Buddha and Mahavir. The strength and courage of an Abhimanyu, alone, fighting. The wisdom, the triumvirate of wisdom, strength and love, which Shubhinda says is man's manhood. And he saw all this. We were so weak and he awakens us. First way of meeting a challenge is to discover who am I. And the moment we say, as Shobinda says in one of his Upanishadika, and this applies at all levels, individual crisis, corona crisis, collective crisis, social crisis, moral crisis. I am Brahman the imperishable, Achyutam, Akshitam. Or if that sounds very fantastic, I am the Divine Mother's child. Bus, you see how the bhut runs away. <laughs> All the bhuts who can stand before the Divine Mother in her glory. This was this was India. This is to discover, rediscover ours. Crisis is to reinvent, and we must go through that crisis. We must question the fixed ideas of life, fixed ideas, imperialism, Marxism, materialism, fixed ideas. And we are just blindly accepting. Even rationally you can challenge this. It doesn't require any high thing to challenge. Very rationally you can see that this is so foolish. And yet, these were the things we had accepted. Still accept. Many of us still accept. Sad thing. But still, Sri awakened the alak. As they say. That flame which never burns. And then, okay, this awakening has taken place from time to time. But we know that every yoga it awakens, one of the avatar comes, 
Ram establishes in the kingdoms of Asuras and Daityas and Vanaras a more humane way of life. Then after a time it degenerates. In Satyuk, Parshuram does the same. Shri Krishna does after a time. Buddha comes, shows a path. Yet after a time humanity cannot sustain. The momentum tends to fail. So Shirobindo wanted a permanent solution. Not this flip-flop cycle. Pralaya and recreation. So he said, let's find a radical remedy. And that remedy is unless man changes. Man is changed up to God-like nature, but divine nature. What Swami Vivekananda said that there is a divine nature within us. Unless man can embody that divine nature, things will rise and fall. Because even an ideal, even an Aryan, in the true sense, even a God-like human being, is not enough. That's what the Ken Upanishad teaches us. A God-like humanity is wonderful, but it has to be a divine humanity. It goes one step further. Gods have done their job. That's why Mother says age of religions is over. Something still greater. But how to do that? Because unless this changes, all solutions will be temporary. Let's take a common example. We had Corona. What was the remedy? Some medicines, some vaccine. Honestly, how many Coronas we will need to remind ourselves that we have to find a way within us to have some kind of immunity against not just one virus, but all mutations of virus. How long will it take? How many epidemics, pandemics, leaving aside all the uh, money involved, the greed, and I am not even going into that dirty part of these pandemics. But just to know that within us, there is the divine presence, our cells can challenge, take the challenge, even biologically, we are taught immune system. What is an immune system? Immune system is so beautifully designed that it destroys cancer cells. You know, even cancer is because the immune system is not working properly. Why? Something is amiss. Now, that's a different subject and I don't want to go into it. But it comes, all comes from the extreme materialistic vision of life where body is nothing but matter and something outside has to be given to heal it. It's not against taking medicine. It's that medicine can be proviso, not a permanent solution. Building more hospitals, that is only compounding the crisis. Niruddha once asked Shurabindu, What Guru? I hear mother is making a new hospital. Dream of the millennium. Eh? He had that way of asking. And Shurabindu said, Not at all. The dream of the millennium will be that there are no more hospitals. The dream of the millennium is not having more courts and more... Okay, that provisional thing. Dream of the millennium is that lawyers are not required. Because we can sort out our problems. We have become wiser, more mature. We can deal with our problems. Human beings have not even risen to that level of maturity. Where they can deal with their problems within the house. Well, before lawyers came, we used to deal with problems. (laughs) So this is. And of course, when we don't need policemen, wonderful work they do. But sometimes... It's very scary. You don't know whether to go to a policeman or you just let it be. 
suddenly has somebody been stopped? Wait, show me the license. In Pondicherry once they stopped me. Like very rude behavior. Show the license. I said, first of all, thank you. He said, why? You are treating me like a brash youngster. Thoda deklo, baal safed or hai. I didn't tell him my age. <laughs> I said, you are catching me like you are catching a teenager. Okay, okay, sir, go. <laughs> first, but first step is, oh my God, I have been captured now, you know. And I must say that in the new age, there is a fourth gentleman who must also go. The priest, the Malvi, the Maulana, the Padri, whatever denomination they belong, they have created havoc, mediating between God and human beings. When they go, we'll have a direct relation. Then yoga will begin. God is inside. This is my temple. I can contact him, unite with him. So this is all these things. Shobindu started clearing a whole old world order. Man must change. He saw it and it's so evident. If you look at it, it's the most logical thing. Until man changes, no system of governance can really change things. You will only, will only exchange crisis. We'll exchange one strain of virus for another. It's so evident and yet why nobody could see it? Because that light was missing. Shobindu brings in that light and he says, man must change. Sir, what are you saying? So in life, the life divine, he puts it in a very interesting way. That witness, if he were to see what's happening on earth, in the monkey world when there is a crisis, food crisis, tree crisis, actually this has happened in monkey world, by the way. That's when one line of monkey evolved into human beings. When there was a crisis. One group of monkeys said, the, the very solid monkeys, the best monkeys, said, no, no, we will stay here. We will not move. We'll manage. They were too confident. The Bali type of monkeys. And there was the Sugriv type of monkey. Little less than the Bali. He says, I don't know. If there is a fight, this baboon is going to kill us. So this other monkey evolved into you. They moved out of the savanna. This is a factual story. And they evolved because they faced the challenge. Crisis means evolution. At bottom, individual crisis, collective crisis, social crisis is invariably a push to evolve. If one evolves or if both evolve, disputes can be settled. As Shubhinda says, you can take that stand. Mother says something higher. You can discover a synthesis. Well, that's a different subject. But it is a pointing towards evolution. That's why Shubhinda says, Life Divine, that though it appears like a crisis of events, at its bottom it's an evolutionary crisis. And as a psychiatrist, I must say, in every human life, wherever there is a conflict, conflict leads to crisis. If you don't address it, one day it will explode, become a crisis. And every crisis is a harbinger of change, if you take it in the right way. Or it will, will collapse. It's either collapse or change. So crisis is an invitation to change. But change in which direction? And that's where we need Lok Sangrahar, the avatar, Dharma Sansthapnaya. This is the direction which man must change. Not a fashionable change. Because in crisis people take all kinds of routes. That's what happened immediately post Second World War. There was a total crisis of every kind. 
So we see that, you know, postmodernism came and all that story. You don't want to get into that intellectual mumbo-jumbo. But, you know, see what happened, a new realistic art, realism in art, which was not realism, sometimes quite barbaric <laughs> in the name of realism. So all this came. Yatharthvadi Kavita. What was Yatharthvadi Kavita? Oh, oh, bathi thi. तोड़ रही थी पत्थर कितना पसीना था वो जा रहा था रास्ते में ये मतलब दिस यथार्थवाद रियलिज्म ऑल दैट इज डार्क अगली सडनली बिकॉज देर वॉज रिवोल्ट इन अंडरस्टैंडेबल बिकॉज ऑल दी वैल्यूज हैड नॉट बीन एबल टू चेंज ह्यूमन बींग्स इट लेट टू दिस पॉइंट बट शोर बिन देज नो 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 दैट्स नॉट द डायरेक्शन ऑफ चेंज इफ यू टेक दैट चेंज द ओल्ड ऑर्डर इज गॉन बट यू विल डी जेनरेट but there is a possibility of a change upward and that change will come through a change of consciousness mother speaks about it a series of messages where she gives us the way out of the crisis she says it is the hour of god hour of god means now all the old bases are shaken it is the hour of god then she says are you ready next year then she says men countries continents the choice is imperative truth or the abyss then she says blessed are those who take a leap towards the future and then she says the future of the earth depends upon a change of consciousness and the change is bound to come but it is left to men to decide whether they will collaborate with the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances we know that now it's so evident crashing circumstances in every house in every place when will this happen well karunamayi ma she is giving us time she likes to give a long rope both mother and shivindu okay try 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 we are trying but the sooner we understand the nature of this crisis is essentially a crisis of consciousness and if we try to go back to the old way of life which the divine has slain it is like what happened during daksh prajapati and shivinder gives this story in gist in bande matram in one of his writings he says you know how sati is comes and shiva is not invited and then shiva comes what is daksh prajapati he governs his kingdom according to his laws even if shiva comes he has to follow that law Shiva doesn't follow that law. He comes on a bell instead of Mercedes. He has no dress code. He brings along with him all Rakshas, Asur, Dev. So Daksh cannot handle society. Has to be according to a fixed order. This fixed order served a purpose at a point of time. Incidentally, the Chaturvarnya. It has a deep truth in it. It served, but then it became over a period of time mechanical. Its truth was lost. So Sri Krishna who establishes the Chaturvan, he destroys the outer part. Its truth will remain. Its truth is the evolutionary truth of mankind from the physical to the emotional, vital man to these intellectual and the spiritual. Its truth will remain, but it that outer part. This was Dharma Siglani. People were doing that. It's a fact, whether we like it or not. I mean, it was happening. so all this is broken 
Why? Because a new being has to come, a new creation, change of consciousness. What does it mean? It means, as he says, man is a transitional being. Just as when animal consciousness changed, it became human. Now human consciousness, time has come for it to change and graduate into the next category, the supramental, the divine humanity. Let's put a simple word. Superhumanity sounds like Superman, that comic. Supramental, the divine humanity of the future, but transiting through Superman. First will be Supermanhood. Supermanhood is not Superman. <laughs> that is Nietzschean Superman, who will crush others by his power. In fact, Superman is one who is full of humility. Shubindu speaks of that. He willingly becomes the servant of humanity by becoming servant of God. He is like the cow of plenty. Gives, that's the superman. But of course he is freed from fear, freed from selfishness, freed from greed and lust and want and ambition which is the Rakshasic and Asuric humanity sign. So today this change we can see when children try to tell them ambitious Children say, Papa, don't teach us all that. Huh? We'll find our way. We'll figure out. And they find their way because they want to live according to a deeper truth. Shabindu speaks of it as the subjective age of mankind. And Mama says, Betty, to sikle, khana banana, shadi hogi teri kal Mommy, I have seen your marriage. Please don't give me gyan. <laughs> Why? Because now people want to discover their own deeper truth. That's why. Hypocrisy is out. All that standard format. So in Daksh story we see that. The moment Shiva enters, everything changes. And then when they try to revive Daksh, the surgeons in a hurry, they fix the head reverse. Obviously they wouldn't have made a mistake. They wanted to give a message to man. So when the Daksh moves forward actually, he's moving backward and so on and so forth. So it's important to understand that we cannot fall back to the old ways. And there is a new way which we may not know now, but it has begun. It has, where has the new creation begun? It has begun in the hearts of humanity. That's where it starts. Sri Krishna could have finished Kansa, no? like he finished all these uh, Rakshasas just sitting sometimes uh, doing some magic. Why he didn't kill Kansa just like magic? This is the secret. If he kills Kansa and the Gwalbala not ready, they will become tyrants the moment they sit in the throne. So mankind has to become ready. So the challenges, often people say, oh, where is the new world? I say, sir, you have to participate in it. You are a collaborator, participant. What is that called? Share, what is that word called? I am part of that cooperative system. You can't just say that new world, I'll walk into it. There is nothing like that. We are participants, collaborators, Nara Narayan, Krishna Arjun. So divine has done his part, brought in a new consciousness. He has stepped behind still inspiring us, moving us, cosmic level, 
Of course he is active. That's why Pakistan is beginning to split. Of course he is active. That's why you see that Akhand Bharat again, once again coming up in a different way. So, but we have to do our part. And our part is to more and more open to this new consciousness brought by Shurabindra and the mother. A new way of life which is not fashion. It's not new as I understand. It's not a change of dress. It's not a replacement of the Indian old with the European new. That is disaster. It's rediscovering our new. Which means to become authentic, genuine, truthful, courageous, honest in the real sense. Honest means looking at oneself the way we are. It's not Honesty is not about just money. And then to force towards the future. This is the meaning of this crisis. And if we see the time, as I said, the age of Shirobindo, from the time 1900 till today, we'll see a sea change, a clear-cut shift whose far end is not visible, but the direction is obvious. Far end we cannot see. Still we will see nations fighting, all this is, through all this churning, now it's a very vast subject, how the new creation is working, and I've spoken about it in different places. But it's very evident that the future belongs to Sri to the new creation. Now it is up to us to have faith, take that leap of faith, and move in that direction, all that is outside is fine, but Shirobindo is not so pleased just that every day we uh, <laughs> do dhubhati. It's a good thing, of course, but he would rather that we embody the new creation inside us. As he said, the age of religions is over. Religion was one approach to God. Now the age of spirituality, spiritualization of mankind. It means the awakening of intuition, replacing our analytical reason. It means that faculties of inspiration, insight, revelation will open in mankind and schools must nurture it, find ways and means to bring it out. Parents must accept it and you know participate in it. It means a new kind of spur of unity, urge for unity. Not the old kind of unity that all are under the commonwealth. The Roman unity, Roman empire, that was an attempt at unity, but that doesn't work out. But new kind of unity, brotherhood, which takes into account and respects the differences, respects the nation unit, doesn't destroy it. It's unity with the manifestation in diversity. A unity which finishes diversity is not a unity. It is a threat to mankind. That There was an age when people tried to create that. That's over. Freedom, but a new kind of freedom. Not the idea of the western model of freedom. I'll do what I feel like. But I'll do what is according to the dharma. Within, regardless of people understand, don't understand. What society will say? No, I'll do according to the dharma in my heart. This is freedom. Equality, but not an equality which blurs distinctions. But equality which understands that Narayana dwells in all beings. Not only human beings, but also in the cow and the dog and the cat. And everything in the tree, in the plant, in, in the rock, the minerals, the earth. And yet, this equality understands that there will be different modes of expression, different dharma of each one and acts according to that. This is the new age. 
This the solution offered by Shurvindo, the transformation of mankind and life from an ignorant, at best human life, uplifted human life to a life divine. And as a summit, it involves transmutation of matter itself, of the physical body. That's the summit. We need not wait about that. That's something which is going to take time. But because unless consciousness changes, form won't change. That is how evolution has always taken place. First, there should be a need. The mud fish must want to take the challenge of being thrown out of the pool. Then she will grow, become an amphibian. The need, that is what is important. And the mother gives two, three things in the last. I'll just share with that. Close with that. If there are questions, fine. She says, what is needed for entering into this new creation, this new life? First, he says, there should be a thirst for the new life, new creation. If I am satisfied with the old way of life, she says, then it's okay, don't disturb. <laughs> this is the bourgeois ideal. I am happy the way I am. Someone once asked me in one of these conferences, Sir, why does God want to, us to change? Why not remain what we are? I said, yes, remain what you are. Where is the problem? If you are happy with yourself, be what you are. Hey, he, he was non plus he ex, I thought I'll aggressively I said, stay what you are nobody is compelling you to change this need must be felt nobody can push this need inside but we must remember that's what I told this gentleman you can be what you are you made a choice this too is a choice tomorrow when crisis comes don't blame anyone but yourself that I didn't grow evolve to take the challenge of life. If you are fine with it, it's okay. So, need, thirst. She goes on to say, if you have this thirst for the new creation, for the change, then doesn't matter your outer life, don't bother about it. It doesn't matter whether you are a big man or a small man in the eyes of the world. You may be no one and nothing, yet feel this need. This is marked out. This is the monkey who will evolve. But the monkey who thinks... Might is right and I am mighty and his flattering Bali is gone. The monkey, the Rakshasa who is happy with Soneki Lanka, all the freebies is gone. So this is the age in which we need to. So she says need, thirst. Thirst is so important. And this thirst is not because life is difficult. One can look at life and see how imperfect and limited it is. How can one ever say this is a divine existence? No, it is not. Let's see it the way it is. It must change. And that's where Shurabindu says, it can change, it will change. Up till now we have heard it cannot change. Human is the apex and call it quits. This you can do. It can change. Scientist says it can change materially, but man is the same. It doesn't matter whatever changes you bring, a little cosmetic. Man will destroy himself. So she says, thirst. And the second thing she says is, do not cling. Cling to the old ways. We go back. After all this, Shurabindu and the mother, we go back to the old way of life. Ego, ambition, the life of once again going here, there. This religion, that ideology. Well, 
It's up to us to follow that path. But not to cling to the past. That's what was the prayer we read yesterday with which we can close. Prayer that mother gave to the students in the center of education. I was so happy that here, Shubhendra Education Society in Salt Lake, when I saw the children reading this prayer, make of us the hero warriors we aspire to become. This is what is missing in us. Hero warriors, courage. Courage and love are indispensable virtues. Faith is an indispensable element. Courage. We become so weak. Everywhere we are afraid, afraid, afraid. Make of us the hero warriors. We aspire to become. May we fight successfully the battle of the future that is to be born against the past that seeks to endure. What is the future? Truth. Truth in feelings, truth in thought, truth in action. It doesn't matter whether it's mama, papa, you know that movie Rocketry, somebody may have seen that uh, Mahadevani goes into uh, Madhavan. He's the actor. It was after Nambi Nayar, the rocket, um, the person who, so incognito he remained. And he goes and in his uh, university corrects the professor Princeton and he professor says, you mean to say the book is wrong? He says, yes, I mean to say the book is wrong. Next day he comes and says, yes, you were right. This courage, this ability to see beyond the letter, the word, the scripture even, whether in the world of science or whether in the world of spirit, everywhere, this courage. So make of us the hero warriors we aspire to become. May we fight successfully the battle of the future that is to be born against the past that seeks to endure. In so many ways, we have already spoken about it. So that we may be ready to receive the new things and manifest them. Intuition, inspiration, we may be ready to receive new ideas. There is something called a self-healing, new idea. Education, beyond the classroom, new idea. Hospitals, as healing spaces, new idea. Not punishment, but reformation. Of criminals, they are caught in ignorance. New idea. There are so many new ideas which are waiting to be born and manifest. But we have to be ready to receive and manifest them. This uh, is what, I don't know. I can't say what I had to speak. There was nothing planned, but whatever has been spoken. But uh, whatever, if there are questions, I will be happy to welcome them. Thank you so much. Yes. Yesterday you had been to our school. All the time, what from yesterday I am feeling? I am divine man. So, um, but. Yeah. In family life, in social life, there are a lot of inputs. Yes. Which rattles my. Yes. So, this is the battle. We are divine man in our essence, and we are divine in the making, in the manifestation. So, in family life and social life also, the divine deals with the whole creation. 
ईशावास्यमिदम सर्वम यत किंच जगत्याम जगत ही इज इन एवरी एंड दैट्स वाई वेन डिवाइन टेक्स ए ह्यूमन फॉर्म एज एन अवतार बाई इज ओन एग्जाम्पल ही शोज अस whether it be society whether it be family one example i can give about family which shubindo speaks of in uh, the synthesis of yoga and uh, of course it's an old story about yagnavalk when maitri asks him that i don't want your money because when he's going he's splitting his wealth into equal parts one for his wife katyayani and another for the younger wife maitri maitri say i don't want your wealth something you have which i want that i don't know you have never told us so she says okay you ask your question he says um, she says why does a man love his wife why does he love his child why does he love his country and he says matri well you have asked this a man does not love the wife for the sake of the wife but for the sake of the self and so on and so forth now shubindu reminds us as is the self so is the love we are not asked to abandon social life or wife and husband and say who are you you are not my wife you are not my child that is <laughs> but to say you are child of the divine you have come to me i am a trustee let me see what is my role in bringing out what best i can do You are not born to बुढ़ापे में मेरी लाठी सहारा ऑल दैट नॉनसेंस यू नो सच ए वीक फिलोसफी यू नो बच्चा क्यों बड़ा हो कि मेरा बुढ़ापा का सहारा बनेगा अरे वाई मैनेज करेंगे खुद वॉट इज देयर बट दिस इज आवर चिल्ड्रेन बॉर्न वाई बिकॉज वेन वी ग्रो ओल्ड दे विल लुक आफ्टर जस्ट इमेजिन सो यू मस्ट अर्न वेल वाई बिकॉज माई प्रेस्टीज all that should go away doesn't matter child live your true life true life ascend create endure someone was asking me that what you know i am not able to do things for my dad and i feel sorry i said see i can tell you i am a dad as a dad what gives maximum happiness is the child is progressing not that he is sending me money i say i don't need the money i want to see him progress progress that will make your father happy so wife again abhi to meri bibi hai jaisa bolunga waisa karna hai khana kyon nahi banaya namak zyada kyon hai kaam kyon hai all this thing usme joint venture now marriage is a joint venture but let me see if i can support your evolutionary energy and the wife let me see if i can help and support your evolutionary path so the whole thing changes so again if we change the consciousness we don't have to abandon anything it will start showing up in everything in every relationship same with society and i can tell this with all um, authenticity and you know real experience i was in the indian air force where it was customary to call people to your house there used to be special terms for it and when they come to serve liquor not that i was a puritan i had tasted drinks and given it up short while two months and then i said no i don't want to serve it i'll serve um, nibupani <laughs> so people said are but you know seniors they write acr i say i don't care that's not what i'm here for so i used to do that of course seniors stopped coming 
Who wants to come for free Nibupani? But ultimately they all respected that this officer we know has integrity. He stands by what he believes in. Ultimately in the long run it is the best policy. So in society, I don't need to succumb to what people expect of me. I want to be what the divine wants me to be. So that's how one can live the life in, in the world. Being in the world but not of the world. I belong to the divine. But the world is there. I am in the world. Yes. But not at the mercy or trying to please someone. All this should go. It should be only to please the divine. And for that we need not cut off from the world. In that context, I would the question that in family life, there should be enough space. Yes. Enough space. Yes. Not to impose. Absolutely without a doubt. Without a doubt. But at times, I'm, I'm, I myself carried it. But since I have got Yes, this wisdom, yes, yes. I read a lot of books. Yes. So, what I have understood, that is what I have. Yes. But the problem is, there are many things I cannot control. True, true. Absolutely, and I'll tell you, this is not a regret, this is wisdom. (laughs) It is wisdom, there there is a prayer called serenity prayer. We need not even talk about Shirobindo. Uh, one of the serenity prayer is a prayer given by a Christian mystic in 13th century. So, um, uh, when I had passed out of MBBS, my friend had given me uh, something very beautiful. And it says, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That time I realized, boss, you can only change yourself, if at all. (laughs) We cannot change. It's a fact. Control is a big word. And now people are revolting. Absolutely. Sir, I will will just one last question. Yes. Divine is everything. It is my identity. Yes. So, all these are not necessary. Hmm. If you can, if you can honestly believe it, you want to do it, but you can do it. Yes, yeah, so that is the process of yoga, growing sincerity. Manchanga to kathoti me ganga, but it doesn't mean that I ganga sagar ko shan karunga. Agar ganga sagar agya to usme bhi me ganga ko saaf karunga. Or kathoti me hai to kathoti me hai. Means we are neither craving for more, but if more is given, oh, mira ka bhajan hai, karna fakiri fir kya dilagiri sadamagan mein rehna ji. Kaho to motiyan maang jadawa, kaho chitkara kesh. If God gives us moti, of course we take it and use it rightly and wisely. But if He gives us nothing but kaudi, the old uh, system, kaudi, this too I'll receive it as a gift. So this, absolutely, but it takes time. Without a doubt, what you are experiencing, everybody experiences this struggle and this goes on at different levels. That's the conflict of yoga. That the old world keeps drawing us, but eventually, by her grace, one crosses over. Thank you, sir. Any other question? Yes, there is, I think. Okay.
one question to sir. Uh, how can you tackle with the ongoing, ongoing political anarchism in our country mm -hmm. and in the world as a whole? Well, a nation is to, uh, how to tackle the anarchism or tendency towards anarchy in our country. So, this is what happens during the moment of crisis, that there are these two forces which act. One is the centripetal tendencies, you know, there is a king and around which or, or one person at top. And there is the anarchic tendency, centrifugal, they come from, they ultimately lead to an anarchic uh, state. This problem has been there always. And the traditional way is to put it down by force. Uh, but thing is that you can put down by force for some time. The only way again I am saying is, uh, you know, if human consciousness begins to change first through education, change of consciousness is a big thing. But in between where we stand and where we need to go, there is something called education. And it's important that every child as he grows up has this deeper and better understanding. Most children don't understand. You have so beautifully put anarchic tendencies, freebies. Because we don't discuss with them. So it's important that children as they are growing up in schools, it's task of the educators. They must at least make them conscious. That time they are pliable, supple. But later on they are fixed. They are swayed by all kinds of you know strong ideological leanings. So it, the only way we can participate collectively in the changes to clean the little area around me, those with whom we interact at the same time, in schools and education systems, um, institutions, uh, it's a big responsibility for everyone and all of us are educators in some way. So we should be able to show the truth that look here, behind this, this is what is working. So nowadays people are doing it like, you know, my friend Raji Malhotra, he brought out a book called, you know, Breaking India Forces, Snake in the Ganges. So in their own way, making people aware that what is happening behind the scenes. So we should make aware. Growth of consciousness. In other words, before, before change of consciousness, growth of consciousness. After becoming aware and conscious, what choices people make is a different thing. But this growth of consciousness, awareness, we should bring out. And uh, it should no more be, now it's my problem, it's their problem. That should not be. So that's important at every level. I like to say again with your concern that yes. I think it is not due to lack of knowledge but also better to say it is a, a lack of spiritual, it is a spiritual blindness. Yes, that is one of the reasons. Yes, yes. So that's where also again to bring more awareness that there is something beyond towards which we must aspire. See today what do the people understand by spirituality? Meditation or you know going into some retreat. This is also misconception. Or they mistake it for religion. So, of course, that is one of the things which is very prominent. And here again, through education, when children are in schools, I have been involved with many schools. And they are beginning to understand what is spirituality. Because they have been till now taught only religion and secular. One of the things which I had recently floated and every forum I speak, I float this idea. Uh, it is that India is not a secular country nor a religious country, it's a spiritual country. At some point we need to bring it out. That there is a third alternative. Why we are, you know, flip-flopping between religion and secular? India is a spiritual country. 
So that applies to everyone. It's about spiritual evolution. I quite agree that's an area which is deficient. There also awareness must be brought. Amartita, you were saying something. Yes, please. Yes. Now it is one thing if uh, the partition should not have taken place, but now uh, it's a reality of uh, 75 years. Yes. Now the situation is such that in the neighboring, the things which are to come uh, inside Akhand Parag, I mean, they don't seem to be... Yes. Yes. And so if one part uh, has some kind of evolutionary urge and the other doesn't... It can be dangerous. Yes, so it is, it can be dangerous. That's a very valid question. I think that was what was in our previous Prime Minister's mind when Indian forces had gone up to Karachi and she stopped. Ki already we have problem of itna, we are extra. So you see, God's plan B is active now. Mother spoke about it. She said, now this is a crash of circumstances. Just two days back or yesterday, not yesterday, I have not seen the news, two days back. So it was that people in POK, Gilgit, Baltistan are crying that we want to join India. Why? Because, well, you follow a way of life, look where you are. Now, it won't be now integrated as, okay, like POK is now ours. It won't happen like that, where the danger lies. But it will become like a congregation, which was the effort in Sark, which failed. Sark was started to counter the China, you know, front, which was the common danger. But then it disintegrated, never really, in fact, took off seriously. So what is going to happen now, these parts will get disintegrated. It started actually, now even people within Pakistan are professing, it's just a matter of time. So exactly the way Mother had predicted, Baluchistan, Punjab, Sindh, Khabar Pastunwa, Pakhtunwa and Gilgit Baltistan. This is going to break. Uh, now when it breaks, that is the time. It's not like, okay, we are now part of India. That I agree with you. That, But yes, they can form a kind of uh, congree of nations where they are together in everything. Maybe even common defense, common finances. But you have your own way of life. When that happens, it will be very difficult to and with this memory and hoping that by the time after this kind of a situation when people join together, it takes time because that memory is like running after trucks to get little wheat is a terrible situation in any country. So when it breaks for some time, this lesson will remain. And hoping by that time, either this hardcore Islam will collapse. I do believe it is dated. Its future is very evident. From its, within itself, people will leave. Its movement has started. That's how this double change will balance the danger. Danger is there, no doubt about it. But leaving it like this is the worst danger. <laughs> At some point it has to be done. But it will happen through this, both. Because there are people in every religion who have their own... They are looking at it very... Um, now, you know, because there is so much media, people are exposed. So people are looking at it that what kind of a nonsense or rot this is. So it will change. Even if a handful to tip the balance, that's enough. Mm, okay, yes. Please. Actually, you, uh, in your initial state, uh, statement, you told that crisis. Uh, 
can we equate this uh, from the Shavitri in Book 7, Canto 5? Sri Aurobindo says, one man can. Perfection still can save the world, yes. Still can save the world. Uh, mm. Yes. Is left outside. Is left outside. Yes. So, can we equate with your uh, initial statement and with this? Yes, yes. So, it is like this how it operates. We need to see how it operates, one man's perfection. So, if you look at humanity, it is like uh, many tiered. So, what happens uh, when one man strives towards perfection? So, what happens? He leaves a point and reaches there. So, pure like a law of physics, <laughs> air rushes to fill that empty space. So, invariably you will see that when one man goes, peer heads towards perfection. That's a universal rule. That is a very... Uh, uh, Yes, exactly. Because the moment he goes, there are many who strive. That's exactly what Shurabindu did. That's what Buddha did. All of them who are leaders of the march of mankind, they take a step and many go there. Of course, that line is not about the entire perfection and transformation because Savitri's yoga is unfinished. But even one person setting a high standard, an example, reaching there, draws and attracts... And because few are drawn higher, again a vacuum is created. We'll see the entire march taking place upward. So, yes, 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 managed. And each one must grow into perfection. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, there is someone. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Sir, modern day kids, especially the children in our homes, we what we watch, they, they are suffering from value crisis. Mm. The thing is, they are so much burdened by the syllabus, they don't have any scope to listen to spiritual stories or the lessons. How will we tackle this children at home? I think now, yes, that's a very, that was a dangerous situation, you are right. But I think now, uh, from what I have heard, uh, or what I have understand, what I have read, I have been partly involved in the uh, in some way with the syllabus of the education policy. And now again from here I will be going to Surat to talk about this part uh, with the group. So basically in the new education policy this is being taken care of. So uh, if the top leaders understand this as you have rightly said and I think the present leadership in some place understands it. Now still parents also have to change. If parents say no, no, I want my child 99% so it has to work at every level Parents have to be informed that, you know, don't fix your child as, as a marks number, which is an awareness which is coming up through various uh, sources in education. Even teachers are doing individually. There are groups, there are schools, I am aware, which are trying to bring in this new idea. And now with the government facilitating this, it will become much easier. Because now, you know, if, if see, till, it is following the pattern in Pondicherry, very openly, um, it cannot do that entirely, but to an extent it's trying to do that. Not to burden them, but to make them grow holistically. I have huh. a comment as well as a question. Yes. Um, the comment is that uh, Sri in much of his writings, many uh, passages, uh, speaks about science and its, and its uh, relationship with materialism and how it should go beyond that. Don't you think, uh, well, uh, a lot of uh, research is being done, uh, 
in the West uh, on the theme of consciousness. Yes. And I don't, uh, much of it is very vague and woolly, but still, don't you think this is an important step forward? Yes, yes. And scientists are responsible people, I mean, conscious of a spiritual aim, if they can propagate this, they, they have acknowledged that in spite of the fact that uh, so long they were involved in nature and materialism, but there's something uh, like a universal consciousness that works beyond nature, which they cannot explain. And uh, there is much that is unknowable. And that's true. So, so that's yes, yes. There are scientists, uh, even Niels Bohr, for that matter. I mean, who is relatively older, and even this, uh, what was his name, David Baum, and um, there are quite a few scientists who are giving this alternate. Fritz of Capra, his book, you know, the other day uh, they wanted to gift me in the school the Tao of Physics. Um, so I have read through this, uh, these books and yes, it's a good welcome change. I believe it's due to the working of the new consciousness, not because of the scientists per se. And it's beautiful if they're opening up. The mother said that um, when they entered into the quantum world, she said unwittingly they have entered into the occult realms. But having said that, still the mainstream science, as I keep saying in our own schools, it's very good, it's happening in some places. But in our schools, we still teach the gospel of Hiranyakashu, not the gospel of Prela. It's a sad thing. At least in India, we should teach them the science of consciousness. So it should come. But I can understand that a scientist will not bring it into mainstream just like that. But it is equally true that this whole side, there is still a battle. Many people consider these who have these alternate views, even they. They revere the scientists like religious figures, but they discard these aspects like what happened with Newton. Many of his writings in occult never saw the light of the day. And uh, similarly, there are quite a few who come up with these uh, new ideas. Even this uh, man who discovered the genes, um, Francis Crick and Watson, Watson and Crick. So, there is a book written by them, Life Itself. Long back I had read it. So, he says that it's impossible to understand life evolving out of matter by any stretch of chance. But he gave a theory of panspermia because he couldn't understand. But still, in our, uh, we, we speak about, Shubhindu gave something much more complete. The idea of involution. So, uh, at least we should start at, as theory, as possible hypothesis, if you don't want to, you know, transgress the ways of science, it's a good step without a doubt about it, uh, but yet a long way to go. But many things that he spoke, new consciousness is changing. That is because there is the working of a new consciousness. The problem, I think, with them is the, that of methodology. They don't know how to go about it. They, they rely on proofs, concrete proofs. Well, that is something I have written a lot on this. They don't understand methodology, they don't understand proof, they don't understand evidence. That's a big subject. I have written and spoken a lot about it. It's just getting fixed into a way of looking at things. So there is proof, there is evidence. All this, you know, as I said, it's a big subject and one can discuss it, but that's a different forum. But it's not that. They, there are some who are seeking truth, no doubt. 
But majority, they live in that same old grove. They are no exception to average human being. They are just like anyone else. I mean, that's all. That's true, of course. So that's how it should see, it should understand that as I improve my observation, it changes. They need not enter into absolute. But the minimum that we should want, which science wants incidentally, is that what is the stable ground where things are emerging? That's where spiritual thing comes in. Is there a last bedrock from which it is emerging? Fundamental question. I read a whole book, The End of Science by a Science Journalist. Why there is something instead of nothing in the universe? So, it's going on and I'm sure there is hope for everybody. Scientist definitely because he seeks truth. Scientist is the less danger. The greater danger are those politicians who out of their own (laughs) self-interest. Yes, I think there is a lady sitting for a long time. She has been asking, can we just pass on the mic? Yeah. Namaste sir. Yeah. Uh, my question is a little uh, is based on very, very childlike curiosity. Uh-huh. Uh, as we uh, were discussing the change of consciousness, the uh, transformation of man. Now this is totally the origin is India, Bharat. This geographical uh, context. Now thousands of years or years, whatever the summit the change that will come. My question is that all the souls who inhabit uh, life now and uh, in future, will they have to come under the influence of Bharat or some uh, spiritual leader of Bharat or some spiritual reading or spiritual influence of Bharat to be able to uh, move into this passage of uh, I can give, I can have an emotional take on it and I can give a more wider impersonal take on it. So my take is first that yes, why not? I, I personally believe that uh, some way or the other you have to come into contact with the influence of India. I do believe. I know people abroad. I have travelled to every continent and I can say that uh, you know the contact with India in some way or the other it opens a door without a doubt. But having said that, uh, if I go back to Uttar Pada's speech where Shubhita says, when it is said that India will rise, it means Sanatana Dharma will rise. Now, he says that this truth will spread. For instance, as uh, just now Didi was mentioning about science, now I am aware of, you know, there are people like Rupert Sheldrake, he has done research on non-dual consciousness. People are doing research on bilocation. So, now, they don't know directly, but they are very happy when they do the research and they say, Oh, wonderful, there is something beautiful like this given in India. But most of them have come in contact, some way or the other of Vedanta or something about Tantra. Most of the people I know have, um, I mean, as we know, Nataraj statue outside the… Uh, so, yes, some contact, but which way, I don't know. It may be through a guru, through a teaching, through a book, but… Through several Yeah. No, not necessarily. We can spare them the problem. <laughs> India has enough problems to bring in. But why not India is going there and bringing the new light? If that be the case. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
there is no religion called islam it's a socio political ideology it was once upon a time in the desert of arabia it's not a religion this this is socio political ideology and like all socio political ideology there was a religion called islam in the desert land of arabia little bits there were sufis who took something out of it and grew in consciousness wonderful but islam itself finished it where are the sufis left now we have sufi songs nice songs incidentally so people who belong to other belief systems for socio political reasons they are brainwashed so what will happen to them they will uh, become extinct truth or the abyss how we don't have to worry just wait and watch truth or the abyss now within these belief system there are people who want to explore truth they are being uplifted i am aware of that in islam also this movement is going on Yes. Of course. They don't have to even acknowledge but the divine help will be there for anything which is striving towards truth. Even truth of your own religion. No, not necessary. That part mother has said very clearly, but when we perceive it open to it consciously the process is much more delightful and smoother and swifter. But they don't have to perceive it. The new consciousness will work wherever there is an opening. If somebody has this seeking for truth fantastic why not Yes thank you okay uh, you can take but there are plenty of hands maybe one last question from you then we have people behind here My question is regarding the avatar and avatarhood uh, and of course the mahabharat is a very symbolic everything is symbolical there but what I do not understand is the role of Krishna at the end when he saw stood and saw the destruction of Daruka and he did nothing and uh, uh, Sri Aurobindo's mother has also said that humanity uh, has to be ready to receive the avatar okay so i'll uh, why does not the avatar intervene okay so i'll i'll explain that yes So first of all Mahabharat is not just symbolic this is a real event so the crisis is not just happening inside it takes real form there are representative forces the entire history of that time is documented and i have a whole talk on this the kingdoms what they were doing why they were those people supporting uh, you know yudhishthir chedi rajya was supporting yudhishthir shishupal was killed by krishna magad was supporting yudhishthir now there is a whole way of understanding it's a huge subject so mahabharat is at once within and outside it's not just something which happened inside uh, with panch pandava war there is a way of explaining it it's a real event but yes there is every event must be understood from what's happening inside so there was a crisis of consciousness dwarka now dwarka was uh, unusual nagari built by um, vishwakarma not even that it was he had brought jewels which are not existing on earth now when dwarka is built you know there is a little story in shrimad bhagavat puran when mahabharat is over all the celestial beings come and say lord your mission is over why don't you come back he says no it's not over he says what what is left now he says i have two more things to do yadukul ka vinash 
He has chosen it. He is not saying Yadukul ka vinash and drowning Dwarka. He is not like us saving his own people. His own people had become madonmat with ego. Shri Krishna is not going to save them because they are my people. For Shri Krishna, my people are those who are standing with dharma. So they, they, they had become very arrogant, the Yadukul. These were the three dynasties, very strong and powerful. One was the Kurukul. And the other was the Magadans and all those who allied with them. And then there were the Yaduvansh. So Yaduvansh had become arrogant beyond measure. It had to be destroyed. Shri Krishna is no respecter of Mere Bachche Nahi. At the same time, why Dwarka is drowned? Of course, man is not ready. But then Dwarka is drowned on the western coast. This is not given in the Mahabharata, but my take on it. Dwarka was drowned by Sri Krishna on the western coast, brought out by Sri Aurobindo on the eastern coast and its name is Auroville. It's a new creation, new Srishti, <laughs> don't take it. So, um, and I have reasons to believe, I have given a talk on this, but um, I am again, paucity of time. But yes, these are experiments which the divine does several times to imprint in the mind of the race. When there is, um, in Egypt, there is uh, Queen Hatsheput, she had created a temple of sun god, Ra. And the charter is just like Auroville. Ram Raj. Similarly, the Ram Raj. They were ideas which people brought out. So, it's not not ready or ready. It's process of being ready. Dhimi aach mein pakana. So, this is what happened during Queen Hatshepsut time that she had made a charter. Then that whole sun temple city is gone. I mean, ruins are there. Someone asked the mother, Mother, this charter was just like Auroville. She smiled and said, yes, she is the one that time as a vibhuti. She said, but why did you make it when the world was not ready? She said, no, because that mind of the race must continue this memory. It should not forget. This collective memory is so important. Why do we refer back and say, Ram Raj Kahune Vyapa? Because we somewhere still want that ideal stage. So it is the action of the avatar is not always immediate success but also to prepare for a success and to imprint in the mind of the race an aspiration which one day will be fulfilled. It may not be immediately successful. Yes, yes please. Huh. ंगारी In one of his Niti Shatakam, translated by Sri Aurobindo, he writes, I have met strange animals uh, who don't have uh, horns and don't have tail. And they don't eat grass. I have met strange animals. Now, you know, here is a smart way of saying. <laughs> so, 
Life lived with the animal consciousness is animal life. Life lived with the human consciousness is a human life. Life lived with a God-like consciousness, consciousness is a higher life. Life lived with a divine consciousness is divine life. The entire life divine is the journey of human aspiration because human beings have always aspired for it. It's inbuilt, programmed, softwired, hardwired, not yet hardwired but softwired within us. We cannot be satisfied with life as it is today. That's the beauty of human beings. We will strive in whatever way, struggle and stumble and fall and rise. So eventually, the whole journey ultimately towards life divine. So what is Sanatan Dharma? Sanatan Dharma, how it's connected? How does it all begin? Eko ham bahushyam. The one wanted to become many. Now, if one wanted to become many, God has no other example except himself. So what will be the many? They would be nothing else but the divine in multiple forms. So when one wants to become many, he cannot be satisfied with a half-finished product like man. To say that man is the final product is to condemn God's creativity. You made us and you say you are great, (laughs) far from it. So that's how it connects with Sanatana Dharma and the entire journey of Sanatana Dharma is different ways of disclosing the divine inside us. And always in Sanatana Dharma, there is this other dhara to try to change our life to some extent by this divine disclosure. All the things you see, we read in Sanatana Dharma, ways of life, we emerge from this truth. Non-injury, kindness, all of them emerge from here. But its ultimate, penultimate culmination is the divine life, which is what Shurabindu brings. Of course, it's an extension of, logical extension, if I may say so, of Sanatan Dharma. There is a truth eternal, there is a law of truth, that's what Sanatan Dharma is about, which is trying to express itself and it tries to, the avatar comes and releases it again after a period of time, falsehood takes over. So the journey becomes through battle and struggle. But these battles and struggle also help. They make us stronger and wiser. What would be life without the struggle? What is the point of being transported in a helicopter to Mount Everest? We can't enjoy it. We need oxygen. The joy is in climbing with the wind and the weather beating around me up to the hill and the moorland I go. That is what humanity is about. It nurtures our strength, nourishes the dream divine in us. If we are not Adhikari, then we won't get it. So the battle and the struggle. Uh, yes, one. Yes, please take the mic. Uh. What is it? Fine. So in this reference, I want to mention that in the Savitri, the master has very clearly mentioned. The scientific consciousness with the God consciousness. That he mentions about the activities of the scientists somewhere in Shavit, I do not know which candle, that the diameter that the, for the birth and date of the universe, a date was fixed. The diameter of the infinity was drawn. And the scale the heaviest heights with the plumbest depths did all seem to know that all in time could know. Yet their knowledge was startled by your Yes. That's because it. the truth they could find at home, but not the one truth. Yes. As the heart of the transcendent was left unguessed and the transcendent kept secret. Very beautiful lines. Thanks for reminding. They are from Did book two. Yes. Kingdoms of the greater mind. Yes. Scientists discovered the God particle in Sir. But the God particle is not God. Yes, it's yes. The truth stretching towards God. Because to find God, you have to enter the God consciousness. Got your point. The scientists will never find God. 
Now that's a different thing. Uh, but yes, what you say is true. Greater mind. That's where Shivinder describes. Even before that, the problem is not that. It's by the means of reason and analysis. That's in the little mind. He says you cannot know. So of course, that's a different discussion. I mean, maybe some other forum will have a talk on science and spirituality. Yes, please uh, ask. Good evening, sir. I just wanted to know, as a mother of uh, two preteen girls, I wanted to know how to go about enkindling them the aspiration for progress. Because uh, in the present scenario, where in the present circumstances, uh, you know, as the value uh, system is going down and uh, with the influences that they have, uh, they find it very contradictory. Okay, so, but first let me ask a question. What is being um, fed in Kolkata? I have met one person yesterday and one view. Now you say you are a mother of two teen, preteen girls. Very difficult to understand. I thought you are a college student. So something is there in Kolkata, Rasugulla or what? I am telling you, now I am surprised. Now I don't know what age is what. But anyways, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's, that's, that's a good comment, okay? So, but having said that, teach children to be honest and truthful. First thing. Teach them to be courageous. Not to be afraid. If we can do that, and to know that how much ever we may know, don't have to bring religion, spirituality, nothing. How much ever we may know, there is always something more. If we can bring these two dimensions, truth, and courage. Yes. And this that there is something greater, higher, deeper. Existence is a mystery. Teach them to not to stop at any halfway home. If we can do that, rest is their destiny. Rest by your own, uh, by the change inside you, rather than by telling them they gather. Because telling them they react. Because always there will be loopholes, some loophole or the other, no? So you tell them, you know, Mother and Shurabindo, you go, they'll say, Hey, oh, Mama, we know, you have been reading, but what have you become? So, <laughs> no, you have been nice. But I'm just saying, sometimes they may raise such questions. So instead of that, that there will be a time. But expose them to all these beautiful things and that there is, uh, truth is infinite. This idea of infinite is something so beautiful. It's there in Indian thought. So truth cannot be cabined in a fixed and tell them to. That's how, you see, uh, how did Varuni and uh, Bhrigu, there's that uh, dialogue, no, we say not Varuni, Bhrigu, yes. So the father asked, the son asked the father, Dad, tell me what is truth. He said, okay, you meditate and tell me what is truth. So after some time he says, I think matter is truth. Annam Brahmeti. Father does not deny it. He said, okay, search deeper. After some time he says, Pranam Brahmeti. This is the energy, Vayu, which uplifts. Pranam Brahmeti. He says, good. Next, your kindergarten is over. Now you are in higher secondary. Go further. So he goes and says, he says, it's the mind. Mind creates this universe. He says, go one step further. Vijnanam Brahmeti. Very good. One step further. And then he says, Anandam Brahmeti Raso Vaisaha 
so we have to um, teach them to discover this urge to discover and to respect them in their own way i mean we should be friendly towards them i feel that you know uh, this idea i am a grown up and you know you are a child and don't try to teach me no we should be willing to learn that plasticity should be there children love when you know we can play with them and then they uh, once they start respecting you as an authentic person then they will open up but if they see hypocrisy that's something they hate the last thing they want is you talk about spiritual things and then come back do your homework uh, then they say we have given a bad temper they just immediately are chodo meditation ka baat aapko to thoda gussa par control nahi hai then they get very annoyed so we must give, set the example and then they start respecting it takes time you know my mama is cool then they say okay mama they'll develop that so teen is a turbulent age during this age nature has nature gives us two chances of reorienting ourselves zindagi milti hai dobara ek hi life mein ek hota hai i don't like this title zindagi na milegi dobara what is this this is not indian sanatan dharma zindagi bahut baar milti hai but in one life you get twice the first is during adolescence so during the time everything nature goes topsy turvy and you discover you discover rediscover yourself before adolescence you are somebody's child during adolescence through all the topsy turvy giant wheel you come out okay this me i am not just my mama's child or papa's child first step then in the middle age not middle age not a good word 40 to 60 see this is 20 then 40 to 60 you again get another chance to reinvent and rediscover yourself so you have done what you had to do that time in the push and pull of life you went into a field now you can recreate yourself reinvent yourself once again choose the goal i believe we get a third chance even at 80 mother says life blossoms at 80 at 60 we learn how to live but unfortunately by then we have learned the hard way making all the mistakes and then there is the society 60 oh 60 years kaisa aapka pension retired acha milta hai are yaar abhi to jeena sikha hai okay so teach them to be young forever young moving toward the future at 60 we learn how to live at 80 life blossoms so teach them this <laughs> okay yes one last question perhaps we can take yes I mean, I can go on till nine, ten, eleven, but I think uh, organizers will have a problem. Yeah, so we'll take a last question. Okay. Uh, my question is: How to get rid of the fears that we so brilliantly suppress by our attitude? And I mean, one is like how using. There are two two ways of getting rid of fear. One is to look at it. deep into its heart that was swami vivekananda recommended no when he was monkeys are coming and like, okay i'll stop and look look at fear whatever you are afraid of but don't look with the eyes of fear look with the eyes of the soul what is it that is scaring me death does it really exist when you go deep into it you will realize that there was nothing fear always magnifies itself like those dreams where you see huge pythons huge animals which is shrink 
The dinosaur is nothing but a chipkli. So look at fear, object of fear, face it with courage and confidence. Look at it with the eyes of the soul. The other is abandon yourself in the hands of the divine. Like Markande, when Kala comes, he puts himself at the feet of Mahakal. And he says that I am at your mercy. Do with me whatever you want. But this fellow, death has nothing to do with me. No business. Okay, so fear comes, but technical part is fear come, goes with the growth of consciousness. It's like when we were ignorance, I'm talking now in a very common way, what is ignorance? We are afraid, then as we grow, for instance, let's say snake. When one is, okay, snake means danger, then you grow up and see only 10% snakes are poisonous, 90% are not. Of course, snakes don't know whether they are poisonous or not. So be careful of both, okay? But then, when you grow, you, re- you realize that no, they don't harm you if you don't mess with them, most of them. So over a period of time, you discover that they are poor fellows, you know, creatures lying in a corner. Why am I reacting like this? They have their own habitat. So anything, now this is a common example of an extreme fear which people have. That as we grow in consciousness, fear tends to melt. But the best, simplest way is faith in the divine and nestling in the arms of the divine. That is accessible. Prayer, faith, these are the standard ways of getting rid of fear. Okay? Yeah. Mine was, was like more like fears. All of them. Confront them. Like one problem is, I, whenever I feel my intuition telling me something, my analytical mind just tries to stop it. That's a different thing altogether. That's a, you know fight between some kind of a precognition and the usual cognition that's a big subject but have faith in the divine grace make your choice and know that you may be wrong or right but the divine knows how to steer us through everything okay with regard to that okay thank you